You can either work in the business or you can work on the business. They have the knowledge and skill to be successful. Yesterday is gone and tomorrow has yet to come. Dive all in on the next chapter of your life. Hey, everybody. This is Greg Alexander, the host of the ProServe podcast, brought to you by Collective 54, the first mastermind community dedicated to the unique needs of founders and leaders of boutique professional services firms. On today's episode, we're going to talk about the, the pros and cons, the, the goods and the bads of having family members inside of a small services firm working in the business and working with each other. Many of our members in our community um, are family-run businesses. And uh, if you listen to the media, you know that there's uh, kind of a generational transfer that's upon us with the baby boomers handing down their businesses to the next generation. So it's a topic that I, re I really want to spend some time on. And we have uh, two of our members who are very well-respected, long-tenured members with us, Kara Jane Moore and Tom Searcy, who are our family members. And they run a firm called Hunt Big Sales, and they're going to come and share their experience with us. So uh, Kara Jane and Tom, would you introduce yourselves to the audience, please? Sure, absolutely. I'm Kara Jane Moore. I'm president of Hunt Big Sales. And uh, I've been here about almost for, since inception, 17 years. So, yeah. Uh, and I'm Tom Searcy. I'm CEO, uh, founder of Hunt Big Sales. And we're a firm that's almost 20 years old in professional services world of helping companies land big sales. The name is not confusing. <laughs> okay, great. So let's start with a little bit about the, about the journey. I mean, how did the idea of working together as family members come about? It, it came from uh, desperation. Um, <laughs> I, I was I'd started this company. We were starting to work and grow and etc. And I needed somebody that there was that I absolutely knew could do what we needed to have done. Care Jane called up and she said, "Hey, what do you think about me coming on board?" And I truly didn't say a word for about thirty seconds. And she said, "Or not." <laughs> and, I, and I said, I said, I, I said, I had no way to dream that big. That would be fantastic if you came on board because our cultural alignment, our personal value sets, the the things what we thought about as far as excellence, all that stuff totally lined up. And uh, and we really, really like each other. Or I, I liked her. Um, so <laughs> now we and, really like And since you don't have the last name, just for the benefit of the audience, define the family relationship. But we're uh, brother and sister. Carrie Jane is 11 months younger than I am. And uh, we have uh, my identical twin brother uh, passed. So we were Irish triplets. And so now it's brother and sister running the business. Got it. Okay. And Carrie Jane, in the beginning, were there any reservations or concerns that you had about going to work with your brother? No, actually not. Like Tom said, you know, we kind of think very similarly. Um, we grew up because we're so close in age, very close. And so uh, some of our even teenage years, we were in the same firms working together. Um, so uh, no reservations. And in fact, that's why I called. I said, hey, you know, I understand the business is growing. I'm in a position that I um, can come. Actually, it's funny because I'm like, I'm in a position I can come on board and you don't have to pay me anything. I'll just make commission on what I sell. And which is also part of the that's fantastic. Yeah. I, I <laughs> love, you love what you're thinking here. Yeah. 
All right. And then, you know, from your perspective, what do you think some of the key advantages are when you have family members in the firm, maybe in comparison to those who don't have family members working in the firm? Yeah. So I'm going to tell you, I think that there's some really key issues for having family members that shared history um, of background or values or consistency of what does excellence look like. We had it that all of that was shared. He didn't have to say much because I already knew what he was thinking because we shared how that went. I think there's also, at least in our case, I can't say for other people, but I would suspect there's also a shorthand in the language, right? Which saves an enormous amount of time. He doesn't have to explain when we first started. He didn't have to explain much. He just said, hey, I think we need to go do this. And I already knew what excellent looked like. I already knew what it needed to do. And so I could go take it and run with it and bring it back to him. Right. So if you've got that, if you have that institutional uh, appreciation. I think we work a lot with multi-generational companies uh, as far as families that are moving that along. And there are some families which that is baked into their DNA. They understand that this is how we do it as a company and as a family. And there's others where um, there's a huge divergence. You know, mom and dad took it the wrong direction. I've got it now and I'm going to take it a different direction. And um, when you have that, then there's going to be friction, good friction or bad. Yeah. And there's also other uh, some of our other clients and people we've seen, too, where you've got um, second generation or next generation. Some of the cousins uh, where there's more than just drop in which there's some entitlement feelings and that type of thing. So some are working really hard and others Mm -hmm. aren't working, but have titles and want to be paid. So, you know, we have don't have those challenges inside of our business at this point. I throw in one other thing about this, uh, and that is money. Although we can talk about money a little bit later on. Sometimes people look at the money as far as I should earn, as far as my compensation, what my level of equity is or what my last name is or whatever. And getting the idea that your role or your job pays you one way, right? And then you uh, receive dividends or benefits or however the company pays that out separately. And those two things should not be mixed. The money is always shows up in the conversations, always. Yeah. yeah. You know, the old saying, never mix money and friends, never mix money and family. You know, the money, the money problem can be a real, a real, a real issue for sure. So, so speaking of problems and challenges, you know, what are the problems and challenges, both in your own experience as family members running a firm, and then also with the clients that you serve that are family run businesses? What, what are the things that people should look out for? I, you know, can I jump? I was going to say one of the things that I, I think that Tom and I share as um, family members and challenges is we do think a lot alike. And so there isn't that buffer that says that's not a good idea. Right. I have a great idea. Tom goes, oh, I think that's a great idea. We should go do that. Or he has a great idea. And I go, oh, I think that's a great idea. We should go do that. And pretty soon, you know, because we are aligned, are going down rabbit holes we shouldn't be going because we don't have somebody going what are you doing right yeah exactly so so that's the heart that's the group think that comes with a family is without someone to push back that doesn't have the last name so many companies have got employees that just complain about their inability to be heard in, in a constructive way like second thing is is you know whose lane is what lane um families oftentimes think that they share lanes um, and but Care Jane and I have very clear lanes. This is her side of the house, my side of the house. We meet regularly, and then we meet once a quarter uh, as owners 
for a full day to work through all the business issues that we've got right now and to make certain that I stay in my life, that we stay in our lanes. Um, (laughs) Sometimes I've been accused of overstepping. So unfair. (laughs) So, and when it, when it comes to decision-making, um, are the decisions joint or is there a boss? I think, well, <laughs> Tom says I'm the boss. I, technically, I'm probably the boss, but I, I honestly, our culture is more so that we, um, on bigger decisions, we together come to those, but the day-to-day decisions I make. There, there is a piece about those decisions too. Uh, we talked about money. You, it's important to figure out how to fight, mm-hmm. all right? How do you disagree? How do you argue? What, what what stays off the table, right? Because in family-run businesses, it gets murky, yeah. you know? So we, my son was in the business for a period of time. He came in and he was working for a period of time and then we fired him. Um, and we fired him, uh, you know, uh, gently, you know, at lunch, please take your things home with you. Um, but seriously, he had to go. He wasn't making the contribution. We laid out what he needed to do. He went into a completely different area in the in the marketplace, and he's done great. Yeah. He wasn't a good fit for us, but when he came on board, we had said, no blood, no foul. We will fire you or separate, or you can quit. Yeah, And it's not going to affect – you can quit as just as easily as we can let you go, and we're still going to be family and you got to call it up, uh, call it out up front. So that's interesting. Learn how to fight. And in, in the example of firing your son—that's quite a story. I don't know if a lot of people have the courage to fire their fire their son, and and then the relationship stays intact. So that's that's great. Which which takes me to my next, I guess, line of questioning, which is how do you set boundaries between the professional relationship and the personal relationship? If you asked our mom. Her answer would be, I ha- I hate having holidays with you two because all you want to do is go talk about the business and the things that you guys got going on and what just happened. And, you know, we we would never hire her. So then, so she <laughs> she never knows. So it's you you can talk about how how we do that because they would say our parents would say we don't do it very well. Yeah, I, I would say our parents say we don't do it well. I would also say that the people that work with us would say we don't do it very well either and that family issues come into the business conversation just as much as business conversations come into the family um, sessions. But we try very, very hard um, to regulate that and recognize that. And so when we are at family meetings, um, we make it a very small conversation off to the side, just the two of us. We might sneak a little bit, but right. uh, but then we try <laughs> to keep it. Write, write little notes. I mean, here we are. We're, we're, our, you know, we're, we're like, you know, over 50 years of age each, and we're still cribbing notes and handing them <laughs> to each other so mom and dad won't be mad. Um, but, you know, th- there is a piece to this as well, and that is um, when it's a family, uh, say, crisis or celebration, right, that kind of a defined set of moments, the business has to go second. When Tim was passing um, and involved in the business, we looked at each other and said, we're going to take, and the business is going to have to be second to Tim. And Tim took a year to pass, not to bring this up to anybody. Uh, Every family has moments of crisis and it's very hard and probably inappropriate to try and pretend like that's not happening. Yeah. You can't pretend when something like that's going on, right? So you might as well just deal with it and be upfront and honest about it. Yeah. You know, you, t- you talked about your employees. This is an interesting one. Um, you know, in the 
the world that we play in, professional services, it's believed that people have careers, not jobs. You know, they choose to go to work in the professions because of the content of the job. They want to be in the expertise business. And when the when the business is owned and run by family members, employees who are not family members may feel that they don't have a career path, a way yeah. to. So how do you deal with that? I spend a lot of time because uh, I do more of the day to day management of the business and the team um, to really understand what is what is it that they want as the employees? What do they want? Where do they want to go? Where are their interests? so that we can make sure that we're keeping them engaged and excited about what they're doing and developed and growing. Um, and then where appropriately saying, okay, that's great. We're not gonna go that way this year. Are you able to stay here or, or not? But we do have in our business an enormous number of people who are 1099 as well. And so um, it's a smaller group that's that we handle the, the what is the career path and like Tom said before, we have our lanes. We make sure that everybody has their lane so that there is clarity as to where they can go move or not move. It is, I would add a little case study. One of our clients, dear, dear client and friend, they've had their company for five generations. Five generations. Wow. So they've worked through this generational model very consistently. They have hundreds and hundreds of employees and they work on compensation and bonuses, but there isn't anybody who thinks at some point, right, that there's a career inside their business, but there isn't a path to ownership, for instance. Hmm. Um, you know, and the fact is, is that there are family members that are outside who are not who are interviewed and not brought in. Um, they may receive dividends, uh, but you've got to do your job anyway, regardless. And that's that's kind of important on the career path side. Some of the members in that family do not have career paths. Hmm. Interesting. You know, and the, the learning there is it's is to separate the ownership piece from the employment piece. So and, important. Yeah. And sometimes I don't know if we do that as well as we should. They're too um they're too linked and in a family business that needs to be a bright line between those two things for the obvious reasons. Uh, you know, particularly when people pass away and there's estate plans and things are assets on a balance sheet that get transferred from one gen Try to the next it. gen, it can get really complicated for sure. All right, my last question is this. Um, for those of your peers that are in the community that are thinking about hiring a family member, but they're hesitating, would you encourage them or discourage them from doing so and why? So I'm going to start with um, if you're hesitating, right, I think that you need to really do a solid gut check. There, there is pressures, maybe personal pressures, family pressures to hire a family member. And if there is a, a hesitation, then I would really check on that. You know, it's just like if there's an employee, we come into places and they're like, well, I'm not sure I've got the right people in the bus. Well, if you don't know, then I can guarantee you, you don't, right? Yeah. So my, my, if there's a hesitation, I would really start to question, is this the right choice? I, I can only echo what Carrie Jane said. You know, what we start to do is, is we know the answer, then we just figure out ways to lie to ourselves. So, <laughs> you know, so we say, I shouldn't bring them on, but, you know, I think it's important to mentor them. And I think it's important that they generationally learn how to do this. And I think that, it, and the answer is, really? 
Okay, so you have their whole lives, if it's children, to work with them. If they're, you know, other members of the family, you've watched them. Why are we pretending like we don't know who they are? Yeah, 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 that's great advice. It really is. Sometimes the hesitation is caused for reasons that aren't job related. Um, Yeah. Like the family dynamics. Um, And in that, I think it's, it's a shame. You know, if you have a family member who would be a superstar who wants to join, but you don't provide the opportunity because of blowback elsewhere, that's doing that family member tremendous yeah, disservice. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. However, I agree with what you're saying, that if you have a family member who's not a superstar and just looking for a J-O-B and you don't think they could be successful, then trust your instincts there and run away. So your advice yeah, is I mean, really good. Sorry, but I, I don't want to interject. That was the Kara Jane moment, right? When she called up, right, I was like, you know, it was a gift. I had no flipping idea that she might even be interested. So that was one of those things where I had a superstar who called. And then I had my son who called. Um, and he's a superstar, just not working for us. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting thought. All right. Well, we're out of time here. Uh, but I do want to thank you all for coming on. And uh, you guys have been great uh, members of our community. This podcast is another example of you contributing for those that are listening, I will tell you that my team is in, in, uh, enrolled in their executive language program. There's so many ways that Cara Jane and Tom can benefit all those that are listening to this. So I encourage you all to attend our member Q&A with them and look them up on the member portal and reach out and learn more about their story. And especially if you're thinking about, you know, having family members join and you're looking for a role model, they're, they're an exceptional one. So, so Cara Jane and Tom, thanks so much for being here today. Thanks Thank a lot. It's great to see you, Greg. Okay. All right, just a couple of quick uh, calls to action for the audience. Um, if you are a member, please attend the Q&A session that we'll have with Cara Jane and Tom. You'll see a meeting invite on that. If you're not a member and you think you might want to be, go to collective54.com and fill out an application. We'll get in contact with you. And if you just want some more information, I point you to my book, The Boutique, How to Start, Scale, and Sell a Professional Services Firm, which you can find on Amazon. But until then, I wish you the best of luck next time as you try to grow and scale and exit your firm.